you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The Around the NFL podcast. Prematurely crosses things off. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I come to you from a virtual room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal... Boys, I hope everybody enjoyed your holiday weekend, but it's back at it. Let's fly, Sessler. I, I did have a nice weekend. I don't distinguish yesterday as like, I mean, I I hold up the, the holiday with much value for what it means in our country, but it wasn't like, hey, today is a holiday compared to what else. It's like, we're home all weekend. We're home another day. Am I not as excited about the holiday as I should be? I saw something. Simone was. You guys went somewhere. I don't know what it was, but it looked fun. Uh, that was a field trip that I was not a part of, but I, I do believe they had fun. They went to a farm type environment. <laughs> it looked like like a sleepover situation. <laughs> no, like, like the weekend or something. Mark, what were you what up is, to this weekend? No, I honestly was. I I literally <laughs> stayed home the entire time. I didn't leave my house. Interesting. I really did. Curious, as always, Mark. What he does on Mark time, don't. Well, this is don't dig well, what, too deep. What you don't I, know what you I, might find. What did you guys do? I'm sure you had like you, you know, you did puzzles and put, you know, did barbecues and went to the park and the beach. Let me guess. Find find me something different. <laughs> I mean, than that. you don't have to take it personally. No, we did not. Um, <laughs> we did some hikes. We did some hikes. You know, we did some naturey. Uh, we went down to the San Gabriel River. Took a hike around there. Nice. Did uh, nice. did some wetlands stuff, but yeah, it was it was pretty much just a family. Uh, not a lot of not a lot of uh, big stories here. We had some friends over. You know, we enjoyed uh, the pool and the barbecue, and we uh, played some wiffle ball yesterday with the boys. Got their got their reps in. You know, got to keep that hand eye coordination. No no vacations, no time off. Although I will say that um, as I was. Playfully, you know, pitching to my sons at this field, this park across the street from where I live, there was a um, capital M, capital D, mean dad uh, oh, no. on the baseball field right next to where we were, 
just like going off on his kid for not throwing strikes. And he he was the coach of this team, obviously. And they'd gotten there a half hour early uh, to get some work in before the rest of the team got there. And I'm just like thinking to myself, like, if I ever become that guy, I'm out of here. I'm just shutting everything down and divorcing I, myself. How old was society. the kid? It's probably like an 11 year old. It's like well, a little kid. They can take it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Anyway, so be nice to your kids. Don't don't take sports too seriously if you're a, co- a coach, Dad. Please, like uh, unless you turn into a total champion, and then we will pri- then we will you know ter- put you on a pedestal. You know, like you will be Tiger Woods' dad, or I'm thinking of some tennis dads. Like it'll you know it, you have to make it to the end. Otherwise, we'll hate you. Right. It just feels like the odds are kind of against you. And even if you do make it to that level, at, at what cost? At what right. Cost? They're probably much nicer than these mean dads, to be fair. No, we do lots of soccer. And I have to say that the biggest turnoff, um, almost the only turnoff, are the other parents. On our team, we seem to have pretty much chilled out parents. But like some of these other clowns, it's like these kids are nine. The result of this game does not decide your value as an adult, Mr. Vicarious. <laughs> yeah. I think that's well said. All right, today's show. I'll see you at the crossroads where you won't be lonely. Bone or Thugs, or perhaps Harmony once said. Um, Who are the guys in Bone, Thugs, and Harmony? Greg, you like rap. I mean, I don't know their name. It was like Crazy Bone. There was different different bones. Um, I wouldn't say I was like... Thugs. Uh, I, I knew I knew them about as well as I bet you knew them, which is I knew their big songs and I could hum them, and yep. that's where I left it. But you know, some of Cleveland's finest, Bone Thugs and Harmony, they funny- held up well. Some of the rap I feel like from that period hasn't held up that well. And you know what? You could put Bone Thugs out today; oh, I think yeah. it would do well. Great, first of the month is another classic. Busy Bone, Wishbone, Lazy Bone, Crazy Bone, Flesh and Bone, and they had that goofball um, <laughs> come out at the draft. Repping was it Cleveland? What was his name again? Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly. What? Get Machine Machine Gun Kelly out of there. Get Bone Thugs up on the stage to rep Cleveland. <laughs> I can hear we, you, can but, we please? but Dan, how would let's say someone came out on the stage at like Radio City Music Hall and did a mic drop about mic drop about the Jets winning the Super Bowl? <laughs> I mean, would we be hearing critique about it like on June first? No, it was a delightful <laughs> moment. Um, I'm not saying that that guy's like music catalog is what I'm all about, but it was a nice moment that spiced things up in a very, you know, I think prim and proper environment. He was just like, I'm going to upset the apple cart. Like I did not have uh Sessler watching the machine gun, gun Kelly clip talking about the Browns, like for 40 hours straight on Memorial day weekend, like on my bingo card for this year. But that's <laughs> like, how many times has Mark watched that video? He loves so that video. Multiple times. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yes, crossroads. Um, that's a that's a phrase that's like, or a word that's stuck in my head as a sports fan since 1988. There was an old magazine. Um, it was like a baseball monthly or something. And the story was Mattingly at the Crossroads. And I didn't even really know what the word meant, but it was a story about how Don Mattingly was facing a lot of issues. He was in a little bit of decline statistically. His boss, George Steinbrenner, was like a maniac, and there was talks of trades going on, a potential trade. And his career could have went in any, you know, multiple directions at that point. And I always think about that now. When you talk talk about it, you look into each season, there always are players that are at a true crossroads in their career. And what happens 
uh, will dictate kind of their future. So with that in mind, we're going to dig into some NFL players or coaches or whomever at a crossroads Mm. where they may be lonely if things go really poorly. That's kismet. This smash hit um, married to an NFL segment on our podcast. So, And uh, before we do that, let's hit the news. Okay, five minutes. Just five minutes now. Thank you. Well, there's the generational divide. Rookie Hollywood, uh, we told her about the segment, and she went and pulled up a clip from the 2001 Britney Spears film, Crossroads, and uh, some car sing-along to an NSYNC song, which I guess was a little nod to the relationship between Spears and Timberlake back then. Ricky, were you aware of Bone Thugs and Harmony's Crossroads? Or is Crossroads yeah, specifically a Britney Spears situation? Of course, but anyone, you know, my age, you say Crossroads, you think of Britney Spears, like, really trying to sing in the back of a car <laughs> during okay. the radio song. I mean, come on. I could be wrong, but I think we had a Britney Spears Crossroads conversation Four years ago when we did this segment. Because sometimes we do segments and <laughs> Dan will certainly. like text it out and I Googled it. I was like, have we done this before? Because I don't quite remember. And, you you know, we had, but it was like four years ago. And I think we had this some sort of Britney convo then too. Right. Saw that Maybe the it was theater, a different the producer. Way, so. You saw it in the theater, Mark? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Wow. Because it wasn't alone, a box office but... hit. I think it's no. it's lived, it's a, it's it's uh, proven to have some legs people still talk about Cult it but classic. i don't think it was a big hit i don't think it was who a did hit. you go with mark i I, to, I don't want to get too off the beaten path here but i went with a female that i knew for a very brief time uh it was living date in, night cross he actually went like living in colorado sun, he went very... sunday night like his family was gone for the weekend they're playing it at the new art and mark was there all by himself in a movie theater. Fair response, Greg. (laughs) All right, let's uh, get into it. It is June 1st, which is an important date on the NFL calendar. It frees up a lot of uh, financials for teams. They can move around money. The the cap hits aren't um, as disastrous as they could be. Aaron Rodgers is a perfect example. Um, If the Packers were to trade him after June 1st today, um, they'd free up $16 million in cap space this year while shouldering a $21.152 million dead money hit. This is coming from the athletic Matt Schneidman. Schneidman. Uh, if they were to move him before today's date, it would have been almost $39 million in dead money charge on their cap. So there is some flexibility here. However, according to a source, Schneidman's reporting, general manager Brian Gutekunst is still holding firm to the stance that he will not trade the reigning MVP. Mark, this comes a week after Rodgers was on ESPN speaking with Kenny Mayne, and he was kind of vague about things, didn't go out and echo uh, what's been reported that he wants to trade, but clearly a guy that's unhappy. He skips OTAs for the first time, and he's drinking booze with uh, the guy from the drum movie, and everybody's having a good time. Um What's where, where are you at on the story, and what do you think happens next? Um, I you know I think we're all a little tired of the story, but in terms of the freshness of it, where we're learning that the Packers have no interest in trading him, or Gutekunst does not have any interest. I mean, I don't think they've ever shown any interest in doing that 
ever. I mean, there's just been nothing to that. I mean, it, it's almost like if you come to a point where these two um, parties playing chicken uh, move into an area where Aaron Rodgers is going to sit out the year and maybe even retire and then kind of reboot the whole machine and start his career over. Um, maybe at that point you say, we've got to get value. I don't think they're there yet. And, they're, and, and the Ooh, Packers, hey. like it or not, hold enough leverage to not have to move or panic at this point. I mean, there is there has to be panic inside the organization to some degree, but it really seems to boil down to good accounts. So is there maybe someone like a Mark Murphy or someone else saying, hey, can you figure this out before we move the greatest quarterback on the planet? Well, they're, they're willing to give a quote. It's off the re- – you know, it's unnamed and who knows who, who gave it, but whoever gave it is giving it with the understanding that that quote, as small as it was, will not trade – We'll make a headline, and I bet it gets approved from whoever it was. You, know, you, you don't want to guess, but some, someone high up inside the Packers. And so they're putting that out there. And why wouldn't they feel that way? The, uh, the line that was most interesting to me in the article was, yeah, but basically they don't really believe that, that Rodgers won't play. And, and why, I wouldn't either when you have James Jones and John Kuhn. I keep going back to his two of his best friends saying publicly, oh, there's probably something they could do. And that Rodgers literally asked to stay in Green Bay for years uh, earlier this offseason. He just wants the contract that keeps him there, and that's, that's where it gets complicated. But there's, there's no point in uh, even entertaining this for a while, at least until like midway through training camp. Then maybe it gets a little more interesting. Yet we will entertain it on every show possible. Well, this was the, the June 1st date. But I think right. the way Dan pointed out the financials is instructive because – you know, even if they if they trade him, oh yeah, okay, you can save some cap space this year. He's gonna be your most expensive player on your cap when he's not on your roster. You really want to do that? Like you can't. Like this is you so stupid. Right? You just can't. I think the only way to do this is to wait it out and and call his bluff. Otherwise, you know, Gutekunst is in a really tough spot because, like I, I've said on the show, that there is some logic and just. The idea of trading him at a max value and if he doesn't want to be there. But at the same time, it's like, you don't want to be the guy that traded Aaron Rodgers as an MVP. It's like, if you could avoid this, you will. He's not going to make that, um, he's not going to get that half a million dollar workout bonus bonus because he's already missed too many um, offseason workouts, Rodgers. I guess the next thing to watch is the mandatory uh, camp. Uh, but even that, that's peanuts for him. It's not even 100 grand. So really, it's like we wait until training camp starts. And, and I'd, I'd also note you know. this about the financials. Like, for all this money that you lose for these practices, which I think is one of the most phony things out there, if this thing heals and they get back together, it's going to lead to Aaron Rodgers signing an extension that kind of, you know, it's like when you buy a house, which I've not done, but it's like you had all these little payments and debts, just throw it all into the mortgage. Like, it's all going to get swept away by the massive signing bonus. Like, Oh, you're not, you know, you lose $50,000 for not showing up to an OTA. He could care less about that. That would cripple us for two or three years. It would, he could not give a smaller um, iota about that. I, I agree with all that. Things do, even for somebody that's a multi, multi, multi millionaire like Rogers. Once you get to training camp, it becomes $50,000 per day. And like, I don't care who you are, that, that starts to add up. If you, but you to know. Mark's point, it's negotiable. All you have right. to do is negotiate you know, whatever deal that he takes coming back. And they'll say, we're not going to, you know, right. as part of that deal, we're not going to fine you anything. No, I think what they should do is like hold, hold them to the fines. 
and still dare him to retire. <laughs> I mean, why, like, why, just go all in at this point. Seems like just, kind of their move at this point. If they weren't going <laughs> to give him a, any guaranteed money beyond this year, that it does seem like they're kind of still flipping the finger at I him. I want them to hold one of these like Packers shareholders meetings right now <laughs> with the sky on fire and just like everyone up there fielding questions from like 20,000 super irate shareholders. It's, it's a good point. The co- COVID is saving Mark Murphy and Gutekunst from some like awful uh, off-season event where they're like retiring some old Packers number and just hundreds of Packers fans are like trying to light their entire facility on fire. <laughs> uh, speaking of lingering melodramas, Julio Jones. We had Steve Weiss, who's as plugged in as they come and he even works uh, with the Falcons and earns a, a, a salary compensation that he's yet to reveal to us on the show. Um, he said, don't get too overly crazy, uh, worked up about a Julio Jones trade happening in the near future. It could be down the road. It could be training camp before Jones gets moved. However, again, post June 1st, so some money can get moved around. And there are tons of reports out there. The Seahawks, the 49ers, the Rams, the Titans, all report, reported to have interest in Julio Jones, Greg. There's also a report by, from ESPN this weekend that the Falcons have a first-round pick um, trade offer in hand. Uh, and if that's true, how could they not pull the trigger, just move on at this point? Um, what are your thoughts? Do you think something happens sooner rather than later here? Yeah, it could. It, the fact that all these reports are from different outlets to me is – meaningful like everyone's got different sources on this but the tight you know the florio my old boss said the titans are the favorites and that they've they've made enough okay uh the the report that they have the first round pick in hand uh was from diana rossini who also said the seahawks are very much into it the fact that the 49ers are into it from a totally separate different i like I, i believe all of them and the the first round pick report coming out so early makes me think it's way in the future so i i did ask you can you can trade 2024 first round picks now like the rams for instance are allowed to trade that pick now that but any team could and the rams are supposedly <laughs> will. in the mix and that made me think maybe you know it could be the rams first round pick who you know in three years and that would ex- explain why the titans i mean why the uh, falcons wouldn't take that they'd probably rather have even a second next year over like a first in three years do you think though that if it's a first round pick it comes with the stipulation that you eat some of this money um, versus maybe with a second rounder, you would t- accept the entire Julio Jones contract. I don't buy. I don't know about the eating money. I guess we'll see. Like Doesn't Julio Jones in the probably NFL wants, often. yeah, wants a new contract too. Well, so didn't like, the, didn't the Panthers just do that with Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it's not frequent, but it could it could absolutely happen. I I don't have any feel for that because it doesn't add up to me that he's going to want more money, according to uh, my old boss again, Florio. That at there, he's going to want some sort of adjustment. So that, but you're going to pay. I don't, I don't know. It's just very confusing to me. Titans make so much sense. We've Titans kinda, make the most sense. They, we've circled them as a team that you you wonder what's in store for them. Uh, lost a couple of pieces on offense. Lost the architect of their game plan, Arthur Jones. Now you plug in Julio Jones, you're starting to feel a little better that they're going to be able to to survive that and move on and, and conquer. That would be well, nice for them. They have $3.2 million in available cap space, and I know that that gets brushed aside. They would just have to do a few things. Right. That, would like have to do Steve a few said things. that last week, too. Like, don't get overly caught up in the cap stuff because most of these teams do have 
a lot of backdoor methods to clear up the necessary Like the space. Bills cleared up $8 million today by just giving Stefan Diggs a, a bonus, essentially, and spreading his money out. I'm not sure, you know, for what reason. Some people would think Zach Ertz. And I know we're going to Crossroads later. I mean, Julio, to me, is a little bit of at a crossroads. I don't want to talk any more Julio in that segment. We've talked about him enough. But I think he played so well last year, people are sleeping on that he can still be a top-five receiver. And if he goes and has a second act where he is a top-five receiver for a few more years, that just puts him on a another you know level. He's already high up there like a lock Hall of Famer, but that could take him to another You level. just can't have him for 10 games a year. I mean, he played right. really well when he was on the field. Yeah, there are two parts of that. I'm, I'm, I think I was about to say what you just said, Mark, that he could play at a high level, but then miss five to six games every year. And then, you know, that's a little. Annoying. Yeah, that's that's not good. Um, Last year, by the way, first time uh, he missed more than two games since 2013. I know he's, true, he's had a like, lot of injuries where he plays right, through. Injuries. Like he's yeah. in the injury report. No, he plays through them because he's tough as nails. But it's like I feel like I've written Julio Jones in foot in the same or foot area in the same article roughly 17,000 times and that was years ago. In other news, Ben Roethlisberger, he is back for another year at the Pittsburgh Steelers and he did it after taking a haircut. Little industry jargon for you. Uh that's a pay cut and guess what? Ben said it was me. I'm the one who said this is what we should do. Here's the quote. It was my idea. I went to them and told them we needed to sign some guys. I knew we had a great defense and some great weapons. I wanted to help the team do whatever it could. That's an American, Greg Rosenthal. That is a man that's putting his team and his fellow man above himself. And when you look at Ben Roethlisberger and just the American flag flapping behind him as he looks out on the horizon, that is a leader. Don't you could talk about your little Teddy Bridgewater all day, Greg, but when you want a leader of men, Ben, <laughs> please, leader of men, please, I'll, I'll direct you back to like all these PFT articles I wrote in like 2007 that all his teammates were sick of him even back then. Um, Brent's got to got to let you know that oh it's my idea you know would never be the you know it was my idea it's just this very Ben Roethlisberger like you know when you talk about like people talk about okay well he's a he's a franchise legend you know you gotta you gotta treat Aaron Rodgers with a certain amount of respect and this and that like that is Ben Roethlisberger to the nth degree I feel like the Steelers are always bending over backwards to make sure Ben's Ben knows how important he is that his ego is is nice and, and inflated. I mean, <laughs> in that article, he, the anti-Teddy for Greg is Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, yeah, there's few guys who I love watching more and I'm not a fan off the field more uh, of ben, than Ben well, Listen, None of us are I love, some of the Ben right. Roethlisberger off the field stuff. I'm right. just talking, as a teammate, that man is selfless as they come. And just read the quote, Greg. Just read the quote. <laughs> Greg, I mean Mark. <laughs> well, I mean, I totally believe Ben Roethlisberger. Let's start. With that. But um, he he also mentioned like I found this a very also a very Ben esque quote because they were kind of pinging him about his deep passing last year, and his quote was, "You know, I had total reconstruction on my elbow. That might have had something to do with it, but no excuses." By the uh, way, we did not know that he had total <laughs> reconstruction on his elbow. That was news as yeah, well. Yeah, we did. I don't, was, was it, complete was it reconstru- total reconstruction? I don't did he know get Tommy el- John surgery? I mean, he got elbow surgery. I don't know what total reconstruction and elbow surgery. 
Um, but the, Ben Roethlisberger, he put it out there there. And then there's some reporters who you, who are close to Ben who have been putting it out there too, that it's like Ben sees what everyone's saying about him. And he is fired up to you know <laughs> shove it in their face, which I I, I appreciate. I mean, I, I want him to have that angle. And, Hasn't he and blocked if, you guys if, on Twitter? If he did it, like, that would be entertaining. I'm not anti-Steelers in that way. Like, if, if Ben Roethlisberger becomes a heel and has a great season and, like, tortures Mark, I would, I'm not saying I'm rooting for that, but it would make good podcast. It's good theater, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, theater. that's the theater I hope to go to. What, you, you know, give me these, a things, <laughs> these things are... Uh, <laughs> cyclical and you know Ben's now Ben's elbow was never actually healthy last year that's not what we were told last summer uh Tua's hip we were told last week not actually healthy last year no 10 times uh, better now now it's 10 times better but right. we were told it was healthy last year what are the injuries right now that are healed that we're gonna learn next spring Burrow. we're not healed yeah Burrow, Burrow and Dak you know stand Dak. out cause, just because they were so significant but Burrow especially is in a tough spot I feel like Oh, you could totally see it. June 1st, 2022, Burrow, colon, I'm finally back to 100%. Right. My knee is fresh as a baby's knee. And like, um, but he, <laughs> but there is video of him even today moving around very well. So, you know, this, we're in the right age to get these injuries to some degree with the medical advances, Greg, the advances that the medical hey, field has hey, brought onto our life. Hey, Mark. Right. The miracles of modern it's, science. No, it's, right? a, it's nothing short of it. Um, you know, we haven't talked about this a lot on the show, if at all. We've talked about, for instance, uh, how the thought that the Dallas defense could take a jump with a new coordinator. Pittsburgh, you know, they got rid of uh, Feichner. Is it Feichner? Randy Feichner? Feichner. Um, he was replaced by Matt Canada. And uh, Roethlisberger also said uh, in his availability, you'll see nothing that you've seen in the past. So... I don't know. Is it going to be a brand new offense? Certainly, if you if I'm a Steelers fan, I'm saying good because I didn't need to see the offense that they put on the field the last month or so uh, ever again. So if this is an actual reboot of the offense, that could be a good thing, but also that could come with some growing pains. And it's an old man at quarterback who wasn't well. That's well what last I'd year. ask. Like, we'll and I think see. people were asking the same question: Is like, are we suddenly going to get Big Ben rolling out play action <laughs> sets? I mean, how different can it be? when your quarterback has become a Stone Age pony, as we say, essentially well, he, immobile, a quick release He was quarterback. their quarterback's coach, too, so he has a good relationship with, with Roethlisberger. And there were these articles last year that's like, Matt Canada is trying to integrate some new concepts into the offense, like end-arounds. And it's just like, oh, okay. I'd be like, he's getting creative. And that was that was like a thing behind the scenes. So I don't I don't know how much of it's going to be different. He had a voice last night. All right, let's turn down the snark on the Steelers. I feel like it's turned up pretty yeah, high for much. the whole podcast right now. It should be noted that at least Greg and myself believe the Steelers could have another nice year in them. Mark seems to be more on the train that this is going up in flames. No, but no, that's no, okay actually, too. Uh, well, well, I've actually already, even on the show, revised that. That like I feel like I had my January into February March. Ah, that's fun. true. But but the 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 fact of the matter is, like if the Steelers finished a game ahead of the Ravens or Browns or a game below, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I don't see them falling off a cliff the way that some do. I don't think any of us do just because we've been doing this. They've never done that under Tomlin. Uh, finally in the news, Mac Jones. He is the future at quarterback for the New England Patriots. Uh, this came out last week, but uh, we missed it. Uh, I feel like we should touch on it. Um, Patriots coaches, they like what they see from Mac Jones, but the players do too. Here's what Kendrick Bourne said uh, to reporters after Thursday's OTA practice. 
he has the swag to him that uh, I didn't know that he had at first. You know, he's out there. Um, he's out there confident, and, that, and that's what you need in a quarterback and in all our players, you know. Swag. Yeah, Is this I'm a trope? Swag. Why am I a little? Yeah, I think it's. I think, I think it's, it's a, a trope. Bit of a it's trope. like insert trope young bad. player. Pro, you know, probably a white Trope quarterback. Bad. It's like, oh, this guy's Trope got bad. a little more swag than we Trope expected. Right. Did, did it with Baker. Do it with Joe Burrow. And now uh, Mac Jones here. I'm just thinking of that Mac Jones photo when he's shirtless holding the cigar. And like, you know what? Maybe I, maybe there was some swag there. If you look closer at the photo, that's a guy that could have swag um, buried within him when he's walking I'm, when he's walking to the, the to the stage was that swag that was some people like that he walked with a, a purpose <laughs> um I, I, I thought it was kind of interesting yeah i guess there was a little swag there i mean sometimes it's sort of an effervescence that you can't feel until you're kind of up close to the person a lot of people said that about bill clinton not i'm not saying everyone said it but like that you could feel him his presence when he walked in a room. I know Greg. Greg's like Bill Clinton got up to some bad things. I'm just saying in general. He I'm had not like saying that. This, and, well, you gave a look like I've don't just you, you know. Uh, do you remember Whitewater? Yeah, <laughs> Whitewater is what I'm pointing to. But I mean, maybe you know, maybe Mac Jones in person brings it. I didn't feel that at his pro day, for instance, watching that on a television in my living room. But well, I I wanted to put this news thing into the show too because I read multiple articles. Uh, from Patriots beat writers that were like, I know we shouldn't overreact to one day in May, but my God, I, it's a quarterback competition right now. In that, like Mac Jones looked amazing, and like and Belichick put it out there, put him out there next to Cam for us to see because they're excited. I was, and to me, that's very surprising from some veteran reporters, and maybe we're just bored here. And I don't put anything into these practices usually, but there was there was that vibe from the Patriots reporters, so it might be a preview of what's to come in August, whether it's worthy or or not of Patriots reporters hyping up Mac Jones should I be playing like... sooner than others. Of course, I'm not surprised that he throws as well. Well as Cam Newton, uh, and like in terms of accuracy and stuff, right. if that's what they're talking about. Cam throws a lot of those lawn darts. I guess I'd be curious, like those same reporters, and they have a lot of uh, the same guys there for several years. Were they saying it about Jared Stidham a couple of years ago? Sometimes mm. these could be. I, Mike Reese, who players. I totally trust, said that he said that of Mac Jones, he's probably for he's probably further along than any Patriots rookie quarterback at this point than anyone who came before him. And he basically said that three, the three people that blew him away in their first Patriots practice and equaled Mac Jones to them were Dion Branch, Wes Welker, and Randy Moss. And he put Mac Jones' sort of initial debut in front of the reporters up there wow. with that. So uh, Mike, Re Mike Reese is not someone He wasn't even the one I was a, talking about. I didn't see that. And Mike Reese is the, the godfather. He's right. He, he's, not, he's not a bloviator. I mean, he's very measured in his reporting. So that caught my eye. Um. Is anybody going to be mentioning Cam in the next segment? No, I think you I certainly could. I but didn't I want didn't, to step I, on I, anybody. But, I avoided uh, Cam, it. Cam, yeah. certainly at the crossroads in his career, um, Cam may be the quarterback with the most swag of the last 10 years. You know, And now he's got this, this guy rolling in saying his teammates telling him that the other guy's got the swag. A little drama there. I don't know what happens to Cam. If he, gets, if he doesn't get his job, if he loses the job in camp and just – where what's his where's his career after that? Um, so we'll see if he gets an opportunity to hold on to that job. That's what's happening in the news. Yes. 
That's what. That's where like an ad break would come in. But we yeah. we have not done no, an I ad think on it our shows, podcast in about I think it four shows years. the the um, veteran savvy you've got that we've all got. You know the pregnant pause. We're comfortable in it. We can live in that little silence. We're not gonna just freak out. And people ask like, why don't you? Every other successful podcast that I listen to, there are, there are ad breaks. And um, what Greg, Mark, and myself say is no. No ads in our show. We don't want the money. We'd no, rather no money. just be a clean product for the listener. No money. Don't want it. Don't need I mean, it. Careful want what you wish for. Integrity. That, right. that new iHeart deal. Yeah, we don't get we don't get the ad money They're either. Coming. So I appreciate everyone Greg, who's keeping us. Um, what, Greg? I'm trying to paint us in a, a fictional, okay. uh, of uh, course, way, but. Yeah. Never well, there is true. a parallel. I mean, and this is why I totally believe Big Ben. He went to the the big company, the big org, and said, "I want less money." And I feel, in many ways, we've said at least we don't want more. We just keep us where we're at. Um, <laughs> don't grow the show necessarily with your own sales, big company. Keep us, you know, just afloat, and we'll be fine. We don't need anything more materialistically for the <laughs> over eight or nine years. None, nothing. <laughs> we say no revi- ads. Reminding me of like three or four years ago. I feel like we had a. We need more money. Season. Wes was Wes was uh, Wes was driving. leading the bandwagon on that one, but it, it was a bit of a bit of a theme. Now, I I actually want to say thanks to our listeners. Someone told us we're in the top two hundred of all podcasts, not just sports podcasts in the UK. And I was like, oh, that's that's pretty impressive. So I checked the U.S. sports rankings. Just curious, and we we're in the top twenty here in the off season of the sports podcast oh, in the damn. U.S. And there's no other football only. Uh, non fantasy. There's like that the fantasy footballers, uh, which is a fantasy one, is in there. But other than that, like there's no other American football, just football show in there. So I want to say thanks and that people should uh, rate and review. We never ask for that. I, every podcast I listen to asks every podcast. We don't do that every podcast. And since we only do it once every 20 podcasts, go do it in a huge number right now. Good call, Greg. And yes, we decline ad revenue. We say don't put it in our checking account. Because we want a clean show. What you could do for us, listeners, is five stars, leave a review. That's well, it. I have, I have other ideas of what they could do also, but that we'll start there. All right. Crossroads. I'll see you at the crossroads. I'll see you at the crossroads. <laughs> or you won't be lonely. The video was wild, too. You had uh, Uncle Charles, was it? Uh, free my Uncle Charles. And then he, he death comes and taps him on the forehead, and his eyeballs turn black, and he just dies on his porch. I miss my uncle Charles. And then there's a big mountain at the end of the video, and uh, just dead people walking up the mountain. It was and it then, was dark. It was kind of a they were kind of a sneaky was. dark well, band in general. Their topics um, were were pretty dark. Right, and then at the very end, is oh who's going up there? Oh, it's a guy in a Raiders hat. It's Easy E. He's going up oh, that mountain. Troubling. He had, well, not troubling. He was heading, Mark, he was heading to paradise, bro. Oh, okay. Well, I'm happy that's good for him. I'll see you at the crosses where you won't be lonely. He was going up, not down. Well, I'm starting to connect the dots. I mean, I've certainly, I've seen the video, you know, maybe I wasn't playing. I, you're, you're taking trenchant notes on the whole thing. Like I sort Well, of I'm going to save it for it. the theology podcast because okay. that, that video really ve- veers into that realm. Anyway, crossroads. Let's get it going. I'll start, and I, I don't want you to get sensitive to this, Mark, but I'm because there's more nuance to it. Baker Mayfield. Let's go. I mean, I had a feeling this was coming. 
Baker Mayfield is at a crossroads. But it's not because it's like, Baker Mayfield, is he actually good? Maybe he's not actually good. Blah, blah. No, that's not the angle I'm taking. Although, of course, if he really struggled this year, that would create an issue for him. The next month is going to tell us a lot, the next couple of months. If he gets that contract extension this summer, he's off the crossroads list, obviously. Um, if he doesn't get it, and the Browns, it should be noted, have several guys, big-time big, big time players that are uh, up for extension. Some that are entering contract years right now. Uh, others, like Baker, and I believe, is it Chubb as well, Mark? Chubb, um, Denzel Moore. Had their, had their um, options picked up, or they have um, two more years left. But I mean, Chubb and Ward definitely are on the re-sign list. I think Denzel Ward is the next guy up. Right. Uh, you also have Teller, the guard that went nuts. Yep. He's coming up. Anyway, so there's a lot of business to be done for the Browns, and they have the option to wait it out. If they do, it could really it could go one of two ways, and that's where the crossroads comes in for Baker. If he has a monster year or he, he builds off this year and has a similar or even better year and the Browns make a playoff run again, um, he's going to end up, when the contract comes, they're going to sign him next year, and he's going to get way more, you would think. Uh, than he would have gotten signing the deal this year. He might go from being just beneath the top quarterback's payday to the top one. Conversely, if he does have a down year, I'm not saying the Browns would move on from him because he's under contract next season anyway, uh, but it changes a lot of things for him and it ramps up the pressure. So if indeed he does not get this contract, it really it, it puts him in a situation where his financial future and his Brown future is really magnified and a lot will be riding on this season. Crossroads. Yeah, I, I mean, it's impossible to disagree with the fact that he's at a crossroads um, because you're wondering, I think still it's fair for certain people to say there have been um, ebbs and flows to his rather short career. And like, it, you can't just totally wipe away 2019, although there would be logical reasons to. But you look at last year and you look at the fit. He threw one interception in the regular season after week seven. Um, in the NFL... There are two players that have had 11,000 passing yards, 75 passing touchdowns, and an 89-plus passer rating over their first three years. It is Baker Mayfield and Dan Marino. And look, at you can, you can Mark shape came those prepared. statistics. He knew you were no, coming you can shape this. those statistics any way you want. Um, but like, if you get the stretch version of Baker Mayfield, and you know, you, you know, we all, I think, Greg, we just watched like that Chiefs-Browns replay again. Um, that version of Baker Mayfield is a winning quarterback in this system. Um, he's in the same offense for the first time in his career in an offseason. So I think like the environment is good. If he can't respond to that environment, that's why you have a fifth-year option to take more time. They don't need to rush and do this. Um, but there's no doubt that if he flopped, like you don't have time in the NFL. You look elsewhere. So it's all about right. how he Which performs. Which is why I was saying like it's not necessarily is Baker good or not. And right. those numbers, what you're saying, backs up that he's been – with the exception of that, that 2019 season, very good. It's more that it does create a situation. It's a high level of risk for the Browns, which I'm sure they're a smart organization now. They're weighing all this right now as they try to figure out a game plan because it could become a Dak-esque situation uh, the way the Cowboys ended up getting burned in their contract um, if Baker continues to progress. So they're rolling the dice if they don't do the deal. It could work out for them too. Uh, if it turns out he doesn't have a big year and they don't have to pay him as much, but obviously that's not great news for the organization either. It's it's a lot of interesting dynamics at play, and and you do wonder if the uh, Wentz and Goff extensions play into the thinking of the organization as well, because those obviously did not work out for their teams. 
Yeah, I think this is where player you know, empowerment, for lack of a better word, or noise of how much you want to make when it comes to your contract really makes a difference. Because if I'm the Browns, I'm, I don't want to give him the contract now. What's the, what's the big positive? If Baker Mayfield is going to be happy enough behind the scenes and in front of a microphone, it's like, what's the upside of paying him now? It sounds like they're leaning towards doing it. And and uh, I I understand giving it to him. It it removes him getting asked a lot of questions about it if they're struggling or if they're playing well. Either way, it'll become like a bit of a focus during the season, and that's not ideal. But I, I if I was the Browns, I was like I would li- live with that because you got him under contract for two more years, and if he plays great, I I don't think he's gonna get that much more next off season than he get now. He get he he's not signing that contract for less than whatever it's going to be 32 33 plus million dollars a year he's going to get a real contract even if it's now so if i'm the browns if he's fine rolling it to next year i would be fine too and he hasn't made at least any public um mess about it no who's up next mark um i would go with with matthew stafford i mean there's the obvious crossroads of you have been in one place for so long in detroit and there's always been an excuse for anything that happened to matthew stafford the Detroit Lions. It's like no one can argue that. Um, here's the thing I find a little bit interesting about the Matthew Stafford experience going to the Rams. I love the move by the Rams. I, th- I thought it was bold. It was um, we're upgrading the most important position. Uh, Sean McVay really at this point also can just say, look, it, I have my guy. There isn't looking elsewhere um, or playing around this quarterback. That's not Matthew Stafford, according to what we know about him, right? So Matthew Stafford, I think, has a ton of pressure on him right now, though, as well, because what you start to hear now is the Rams are essentially a Super Bowl team. This was the final piece. My question is, Matthew Stafford has never really vibed to me as the final piece of the puzzle. I don't think that they traded for um, Aaron Rodgers. They did not trade for Russell Wilson. They got a quarterback who is extremely productive and solid. But what happens to Matthew Stafford? And this isn't to say like he can't handle the pressure, but you could see things going a little bit tough for him and the Rams if he doesn't essentially take them to the Super Bowl. That's where the floor has been set based on expectations, based on a lot of other business, player quotes. Like if they go, you know, nine and eight um, and go into the wild card and lose a wild card round game, that's a calamity for what they gave up, I think. I think it simply is. I mean, the, the, the floor is the Super Bowl in their own stadium next February. Anything else mm. I think will be um, lambasted on to- local L.A. talk radio, and- which I listen to in the afternoons here. In ter- you do. In terms of yeah. urgency, do you think if things went sideways this year that the Rams would move on? I don't know. I don't know what the ramifications of that would be because when I think about um, his situation, it feels like he moved to a much healthier situation, a great place for the back end of his career, and I feel like he's in a, a good place, a, a confident place, and a feeling that he has a a fresh start here. I don't see him as a crossroads guy because I just don't see him as somebody that's like winner else right now. But do you see it as like a situation where he, his career could be totally upside down a year from now if things don't go the way? I he think wants I think go? it's 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 like you know with some of these guys like their contract stipulations make it tough to move on and things like that and what they gave up. So they might have to as in a self fulfilling prophecy just hang with him. But if it were a total flop, 
And these things have happened. They all look great now, but then you get, you know, nine, 10 weeks into the season. And if it is a disaster and the Rams aren't working, um, would they draft someone or make another move? I, I wouldn't think that's impossible. They don't even like, have first round picks, though. They've no, traded I, two right. first round picks. In, it feels like it ties But I would say that yeah. would be crossroads into a totally toxic situation. I don't think that's going to happen. I just think that, like, the problem for Matthew Stafford a little bit is it's like Super Bowl or bust. That's going to be really rough for 31 other teams. I, I have been surprised just at the narrative around the Rams that they are now a top five NFL. Because I look at them right. last year and I think they were very, I, I knew exactly who they were as a team. They were like the 10th best team in the NFL. And so you take away two starters from the secondary um from that team, you expect some defensive regression because they were the best defense in the league, and you add Stafford for Goff, and to me that kind of comes out in the wash. And they're probably, you know, to me, they're still about the tenth best team in the league, but that is not the the public perception, and uh, that's gonna that puts a little more on on all of them this year. But he's signed through twenty twenty two, and I just see them selling out to make the Stafford part of it work, not just for the next two years, the next five years, really, or else, or else you're right, Mark, it is a disaster. You could absolutely be right on this one. I, I would, in this type of exercise, I would say if for this year didn't go well for Stafford and then he was their guy next year, that would be when I would put him in the crossroads, but who knows? Things mm-hmm. change no, quickly. Things change that's I mean, quickly. it's sort of my move to not totally understand the exercise too, but like, um, <laughs> I have actually three or four, I have other people. My next one it, will be, a floor, the floor falls out, and the man maybe doesn't even exist after this year. Wow. It, oh, I, I, can't I can't wait. wait. Stay what tuned, a, everybody. Right after this ad break. No, we don't have those. No. You would think it's strange <laughs> that we don't, but we just don't. Greg, uh, you're up. All right. I, I'm going to throw out a duo. I don't know if that's not understanding the exercise, but they're teammates, and they play the same that's position. Cool. So they make sense together. It's Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. I think they both are at a crossroads, and they're entering it together. J.J. That's Watt. That's nice. The, yeah, the, they won't be lonely. Right, that's true. They're <laughs> gonna have their buddies. You know, you you get a little long in the tooth. You go out to the desert. It's a move a lot of Americans do. Uh, these guys could have different careers if they can have a strong back nine. JJ Watt, we kind of think, okay, he's at the end of his road. Same age as when Reggie White went to Green Bay. Can he have a second act around the same age of when Julius Peppers is still doing good things and? In Chicago and before Peppers went to Green Bay. Uh, can he have a second act, J.J. Watt, like a Kurt Warner even, you know, where he ends up being an integral part to a team that goes far- further. Then he starts getting back to that J.J. Watt that we thought he was the first few years of his career, which is an all-time great. And, he, and he's got that in his own way for that five years, but a nice little backstretch uh, would really help change that. And Chandler Jones isn't J.J. Watt. But Chandler Jones has been one of the best pass rushers in the league since he entered it. He's coming off a major injury, but what worries me about him is he's coming off the worst month of his career before that injury, which got a little swept under the rug because it's only a month. It's a small sample size. He's turning 31 years old. Here's these two guys, which on paper might be the best edge rush you know, duo in the league or, or one of them. They could go one of two directions. And I wouldn't even say Chandler Jones, you could, you know, totally eliminate him from Hall of Fame consideration when you look at the resume someday. Maybe he's not quite there, but if he has a strong stretch and they're good with J.J. Watt, people think of Chandler Jones a little differently, too. Teammates in the crossroads. They're not lonely. <laughs> it's it's funny because I I was thinking of their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, for the crossroads. Oh, yeah. mm. 
Um, the whole organization feels like it is a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Kyler is not going anywhere, obviously. Um, so his his risk level entering the season is lower. But it feels like a really important season for the Cardinals and uh, some of these moves, like A.J. Green, crossroads guy, for sure. I feel After, like he's already yeah, lonely. I mean, yeah, he's lonely. He's, he's right already, but maybe he can come back. devastatingly lonely. <laughs> <laughs> to be um, yeah, he's past he's past that crossroads. And I think it's just I just Watt is a, such a fascinating player to me, and we we've kind of gone through his career on this podcast uh, for the most part. And there's never I, as we get further away from those first few years, I think people forget that there was never anyone like him, not, not that I've ever seen. And um, I'm not saying he could get back to that level, but if he can like really lead the way and, and be great for them, that would be amazing. I mean, also Chandler Jones, they could move on from him without any issues money-wise after this season. Right. I think they might have if, if it was easier this year, but they, want, they wanted to see. They wanted to give him another chance. I mean, he's, he's a beast when he's right. Um, I will move to the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins. So... This Kellen Mond situation, you know, let's not get crazy about it. He's a third-round pick, early in the third-round pick, but um, he is the um, the highest draft pick for the Vikings at quarterback since your boy, Greg, Teddy Bridgewater, back in 2014. Um, and he's now in the building. And you add to that that it was out there, that the Vikings were in on Justin Fields. They didn't get him. It didn't work out. Things played out differently. The Bears in the division end up with Fields. And the Vikings did something that apparently the Packers didn't. Ahead of the draft, this according to ESPN, they called Kirk Cousins and said, hey, we might be dipping our toe back in the quarterback uh, market in this draft class. We don't want you to be blindsided. Just FYI. Why, Kirk? And I, I'm just wondering how that phone call goes, by the way. It's like, uh, like yeah, guess, okay. Okay, you're still paying me thirty million this year. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I have thirty-five million guaranteed next year? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and they click. And this news is going to completely enrage Aaron Rodgers that you're giving me more uh, love than you get, the Packers are giving him. <laughs> okay, so I don't know what happens um, with his contract. So he signed through 2022, thirty-five million base salary for 2022. By the way. Um, and there's a $45 million cap hit connected to it. Again, the June 1st date, maybe you, that becomes more movable. But if he has another one of these years that's up and down and you, you start to hear more of that Jeff, Justin Jefferson vibe, you remember the interview we talked about a couple of weeks ago uh, where, who was he pumping up? Uh, Joe Burrow, I believe. Uh, how Joe Burrow had the swag and yeah. Kirk you know, doesn't necessarily have that. And uh, Kirk likes to get rid of the ball and all that stuff. If the if the Vikings kind of stay um, earthbound, and I kind of see Minnesota as maybe a team that's kind of just trapped in NFL purgatory a little bit in the NFC right now, um, with Mond in the building entering year two next year, with Cousins on the final year of his contract, uh, with the Vikings maybe having a top 12 pick if things didn't go right Ooh. next year, is Kirk Cousins' time with the Vikings uh, near an end if he doesn't deliver uh, a season that makes them say, no, he's the guy we want in here for multiple more years. I think well, he's I would, the crossroads here. I would say this. He, he kind of reminds me of like a, a Jimmy Garoppolo figure where what you might have end up doing is you bring in either either it's Mond or you go somewhere else at quarterback and you can't you can't trade um, 
you can't trade Kirk Cousins with who Kirk Cousins is with the amount of guaranteed money he has next year, unless some insane team is um, party to that. And Kyle Shanahan has a quarterback, so I don't know who the who the who would be courting him at this Vikings point. Vikings maybe you know pay some money to to trade him. Could, that would that, be the I mean, only way. Yeah. But in general, like he's not a trade candidate. Um, in fact, he's a much more weighty financial situation. Wait, than why Stafford, wouldn't he be a trade just, candidate? Because he's only you, has one more year on the deal, and if you do make the money work on both sides, he's very tradable. You're you're asking a lot though that the team, that the Vikings are going to eat a ton of his salary to move him. I mean, I, it's possible, but what do you like? What are you going to get in return? I just I'm saying I don't think that there's a huge um, line of people waiting for Kirk Cousins. Um, after this year, essentially, by the way, year. but no, oh also, right. If he, if he is, if they're looking to trade him, it's because he also stunk up the joint next year. So it's another year of Kirk Cousins losing then it gets um, his luster. So I think it's, I think it's the problem is it's, is there crosswinds? Are there changes happening here? Crossroads? Yes. But they're stuck with him the same way you'd be stuck paying someone a ton of money over the next two years. It's he, not that different than Stafford if Stafford were an absolute disaster. Ooh, he, I, I think it's a good, different. I think, it's different. I think Stafford's a good comparison in terms of productivity because I don't think what we've seen from Kirk Cousins in his career, he's very steady, like him or not, uh, and he's a productive quarterback, at least on paper. So it w- I feel like the bad season for him would still be like – uh, you know, close to 4,000 yards, around 30 touchdowns, you know, passer rating around 95 or something. But the team's going nowhere, and he's not a very popular figure inside the building, and they feel like, man, we got to shake this thing up. That's kind of how I see it going. I don't know if he has that at this stage of his career with the supporting cast and just, Justin Jefferson there and Dalvin Cook. I don't know if he craters, uh, which makes it a little bit more of a tougher decision for the Vikings if they feel like they want to shake it I up. I would just say this, though. His numbers were fine, Kirk Cousins, last year. I mean, it, like, I think there's something about the Kirk Cousins experience that we're all suspicious of. But, like, last year's collapse, they had a great run game, too. They have one of the, they have the best rookie wide receiver in the league. Kirk Cousins did his job for the most part. Their defense fell apart. I mean, you got Alvin Kamara running for five touchdowns against them on what was it, Christmas night? It's like it was this was not six. This was not a Mike a Zimmer defense. Title. And so I think like it's just like always kind of blame the quarterback. That said, to go get Cullen Mond is, <laughs> is it's a first step in the direction of they're not going to re-sign Kirk Cousins. They're going to get out of this thing as soon as they can. I mean, I, what would have happened if they had Fields, Greg? If they did get Fields, there's no way they were going to keep Fields on the bench for two years. So they, it was already in their head yeah, that they are looking to get true. out of this. It, it's a Garoppolo. Lance scenario. Yeah, cousin, but Cousins has broken some barriers. He did it with the franchise tag. And he's fascinating to me because he does remind me of like an NBA contract where he's guaranteed $35 million next year. That's, I can't remember something quite like that, where his full salary is guaranteed. So that's like that's like a Kemba Walker contract in, uh, in the NBA where it's just like that guy's getting his money no matter who's paying him. And Cousins is... He's such a funny character because this has been his story since year two. Everyone's always wanting him to be something he's not. He's never that guy. He's sneaky, like streaky, but he's also by the end of the year, ultimately, you, you know what you're getting from the Kirk Cousins experience. And it like sort of drives everyone, including like his own front office crazy. The difference between him and Stafford, though, Mark, I would just say is, is I think if Cousins 
imploded or the Vikings imploded, everything gets blown up. And then he is at a crossroads. And then you do, you just like the new regime just finds a way to get rid of him. And, and that's not going to happen in LA. I think no matter what, right. Cause the Rams regime will survive like eight nuclear blasts. Like they've given away all their draft picks. I mean, they, they're, went, they, they're, they shot they're the moon for Matthew wins Stafford. since they got there. They're fourth and wins I, I like them since they fine. got there. What are they going to do? Also, Blow they're, them up? they're also rather un, like unkillable. So there's, it's a little bit different, but. Um, this is, he's so funny cousins to try to figure out because like you were saying, Mark, like who would want him, who would take on the money in his last two seasons with the Vikings, he has 91 touchdowns or three seasons with the Vikings, all three seasons, 91 touchdowns, 29 interceptions, 91 and 29 last season. He completed almost 68% of his passes, 4,300 yards, 35 touchdowns, 13 picks, a pass rating of one Oh five. Um, QBR 63.2. You know, like, these are big-time numbers. I know they're not maybe super-duper-star numbers, but, like, I would kill to have a quarterback that produced like this every year. And I think something with Cousins, I don't know what it is. It's just something about him. Yeah, it's – I think it's, like, in some moments he seems to short-circuit. I think the – I think Baker is – Baker at worst is got, you're hoping is a is a rich man's cousins is a little bit better than cousins without the short. Well, I don't want to make some... more money than cousins. So I don't, well, I don't you know want what I mean. Too much richer, but I think I think there's a lot of similarities there. He's also missed one game in the last six years. That, that's valuable. Yeah. Durability is a talent trait. Um, okay, who's up, Mark? All right, I I would like to dip into the the coaching ranks um, because I think there's someone who is at a genuine crossroads, and his name is Greg Roman the Ravens offensive coordinator, because like, here's the deal. You could put it all on Lamar Jackson, um, but there's no, like Lamar Jackson passes the eye test in terms of being like an elite athlete that you would build a team around all the time. Can he become a little bit of better, of a better passer? Yes. We, we see that. We know that. And they knew that when they drafted him, Greg Roman did an excellent job um, integrating his skills with an offense that zigged when the rest of the NFL zagged. And Greg Roman's done that in various stops in, in San Francisco and Buffalo. But the Greg Roman experience, the problem a little bit, we all know, is it gets a tad stale. And, you know, last year, um, a team that is essentially streaking towards the playoffs, they had a few bumps, but the Ravens were clearly a playoff team. They've got their wide receiver, Hollywood Brown, um, going nuts over the issues on offense. You've got Lamar Jackson telling the Rich Eisen show that defenders are calling out the plays pre-snap. Greg Roman, months later this offseason, said, we are going to expand the offense. We have to. We have to change a little bit. We've got to become a little more versatile. You went and got Sammy Watkins. You got Rashad Bateman in the draft. You've got more help at wide receiver. Your tight ends are healthy again. That was an issue last year. There's no reason for the Ravens not to look a little bit different, not to respond a little bit differently to what's happened over the past two years under the Greg Roman offense. And if it doesn't, I think Greg Roman is in hot water. I think that's a great choice. And they, they went from first in DVOA on offense to 11th a year ago. That's been the track record. It's on him to kind of prove what I think a lot of people in the NFL um, think about him. And that I think was a little bit echoed in Hollywood Brown. Like, does he have another move here? It could be. He feels like a guy that like his career wouldn't be at a crossroads. I feel like he'd get another job somewhere based on his track record, but as a I don't know, as a coordinator in Baltimore. I mean, he's he's presided over some big offenses. Yeah, and I he's feel a very like unique, someone would buy uh, into that. What a unique history he has. I mean, you know, he's worked for the two Harbaugh brothers, and then he had the the 
good Tyrod season, the, the best Tyrod season Tyrod ever had. Um, but it, he very much like like whatever he does starts wearing off after that first year in like every spot. At this point, you have to consider it a significant trend. Also, There's... everyone we're talking about is going to get another job, but it would be a significant crossroads to lose essentially your third role as a play caller. You may not be a play caller again right. for a while. Right. I, I I don't know if he would get another coordinator job, at least not right away. And this was a guy who's you know who's wanted to become a head coach. All right, Greg, close this out. Before, actually, before your point, you, you make that, you say that, uh, Mark, and you're right. Like most of these guys, all these guys, even if things didn't work out, they'll resurface somewhere else. Is there a, a Todd Gurley? Like Todd Gurley, when we were like figuring the segment out on text yesterday, I cited him as an example of like that guy entering last season, big time crossroads year. It didn't work out, obviously, in Atlanta, and now he's just trying to stay in the league. Is there like a prominent hmm. player? Maybe it's AJ Green. Uh, well, I think but I think Cam the fits on the wall that there. Bill, Cam but Cam, do you think Cam would be out of football this year? At next year, potentially. Well, I think that's I what think I'm talking a, about. Here's why I think it's there's a reason for that. A, no one sees him as a starter. B, Cam Newton is not looking to be a career backup for five years like a Colt McCoy. We don't know so, that. I, I, I could, I'm just saying that if those two things were true, I don't know what he. What he his attitude in New England makes me think he might be more willing to do that than than we would have expected. But you're right; no one no one really knows. I mean, Gurley's he, trying out with the Lions, so it's like Gurley hasn't walked away from football. It's just that you know, might not. Make well, football's too. walking away from him is what right, I'm saying. But, like, is there someone that is in that situation um, uh, if things go really poorly in 2021? A, a prominent former superstar that's kind of on the ropes here of things i mean big ben certainly big ben's I, basically i don't have any good ones season. coming off the top of my head yeah anyway great close this up um i'm gonna pass I, you know i had a couple more i was so i'll just throw zeke zeke would be interesting but i'm gonna oh, go i like I'm that go, one i'm gonna go with someone else here okay. uh, just because he, he fits a different profile and that's derwin james who went into his second season in the NFL as one of the favorites for defensive player of the year, um, was one of the only rookie defensive players I can ever remember who got some love for uh, defensive player of the year. He did win rookie of the year. That Not only was he you know, probably the best safety in the league, but he was just one of the best defensive players at any position. And the football heads, the mm. Jeremiah's, the Cosell's, the everyone, like... Speaking about him, I think in tones um, that they reserve for all-time greats, really. What what they kind of expect Derwin James' career to look like. And he's been hurt two straight years. And uh, you just hope he comes back from those two injuries like the same player uh, that he was before. And that he starts building up his career. I'm not saying he has to be an all-pro like this year. But we might get an indication of, is he going to continue on that, that trajectory? Or is he just... Um, gonna be unfortunately uh, waylaid by these injuries and not the same guy like a Bob Sanders by the way a, a safety uh, a little smaller who won defensive player of the year early in his career Honey Badger is a guy that comes to mind too that broke into the league as a monster force and then injuries kind of waylaid him and then you wondered if he would ever be the same guy and maybe if he's not the same Honey Badger he was initially in Arizona he's still a productive uh, starter yeah, I think that's that's a great one because, I mean, in terms of crushing summer injuries and the Chargers were one of the focused teams of hard knocks, I mean, you just saw the, the air go out of that entire organization when he hurt his knee. 
in practice last August because he was, you know, the linchpin of everything. I mean, in the back end of that defense and, and the fact that you had waited all year to get him back and to lose him again, it does concern me that this idea of a professional athlete, when they go away for this long with injuries, um, to assume they can get back to that spot, it's, it's, a, it's a big assumption. You hope he can, though. He's very young, it, obviously. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of mystery attached to, to that. And I think, you know, as outsiders, you don't have any read on him because he kind of goes away um, in terms of understanding his personality and him talking to the press. He just van- These guys are on rehab, vanish. And they all come back talking about how um, arduous it was, how lonely that process is. Um, and these guys thrive off of being in the locker room around their teammates. I do think that the presence of Brandon Staley as the coach right. um, is a huge arrow up. Had they gone and gotten um, an offensive kind of coach who's going to just basically, you know, you're going to get a couple different defensive coordinators. I think Staley, if you just look at his isolated one year with the Rams and what he did for certain players on that team, ask Jalen John Ramsey, Johnson, John, John Johnson, Johnson exactly. being one of them who, right. who went from good to great. Right, I think the environment um, for him is 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 amazing, and I kind of just trust that the star athlete inside of him, I mean, it's sort of who he is. That's what his soul is. Um, will respond. And contract wise, uh, it's where the fifth year option kind of helps out both sides here because they picked that up, and so nor you know most normally he'd be in a contract year, which would make it messy, but he's under contract for next year too. And um, you did get me thinking with Zeke, but his. He has twelve point four million. That's already guaranteed for twenty twenty two. Right. I was going to go down that road, he, and I didn't. If do he that stunk, that. if if he was bad, um, I don't know. I, at some point, if he was bad this year, you, he's not guaranteed to be there again next year, one way or another. But well, you're also, right, you could phase him into messy. like a deep committee, and like he is gone one year later. I mean, that's that would be a crossroads to some degree. He's not a star running back anymore. I I thought Tony Pollard was better than him last year. I yeah. even like asked the research department to give me some like next gen cool stats of uh of uh like when the because his numbers per touch were a lot better of like when pollard was on the field and zeke was on the field because it seemed so much better and uh they came back with no actually the cowboys were way better with zeke on the field so sometimes you go to the next gen stats you go to the research it doesn't give you the result you want and you, no, just Greg, got egg, you, you got an egg on your face you got an egg you on your face when you mentioned teammates playing the same position I thought you were going to go Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch of the Cowboys with Micah yeah. Parsons there because they, they their money situation would allow them to completely get away from Vander Esch after this season. And Jalen Smith, that's a little tougher, but you'd have to pick one or the other to stick with Micah Parsons. Or both. Greg, your, your honesty there, your ability to be vulnerable and show <laughs> the, the trials and tribulations of being a football analyst, for you to just put it all out there for the audience <laughs> just now, I just have so much respect for you. It's, Truly vulnerable. Would have been very vulnerable if I actually like mentioned that in whatever article I was writing. But no, I just ignored that fact. <laughs> just ignored it. Didn't didn't support my theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all done it. Uh, by the way, Zeke is twenty five. He posted career lows in rushing yards: nine seventy nine yards per attempt, four point oh. Uh, man, if the Jets had a running back that averaged 4.0, I'd be jumping in the streets. Uh, and he tied a career worst. I think this is what got him most on the radar with people. He had six fumbles last year also. He was yeah, losing like one a game. offensive line. There was like a six-week straight uh, stretch where he lost a fumble every game. It wasn't just that he was putting on the ground. They were losing possession every time. Yeah. It didn't look good. We are experiencing the Zeke is staying in shape offseason, which happens every th- three offseasons, I think. Yeah. Like, uh, that I've noticed in Dallas, so it seems like he's he's motivated. All right, so there you go. There are some players, some coaches at a crossroads.
Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. You know, projected starters, Greg. Are we going to touch on it this week? We said we would last Thursday. I feel like we should. Mark, that would be lying to the audience, essentially, to say we would and, and will not. We haven't worked out the particulars of how that segment would go, but um, that is something that's percolating. Maybe we'll have a guest involved as well. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we are allowed to we are allowed to lie to the audience whenever we feel like it and in, what, in whatever form. But in this case, it would feel wrong because it would also be, you know, affecting Greg. I mean, we could just say that it's coming up next week and then just keep putting it off to, like, September. Kick the can. Yeah. <laughs> Kick that can. All right, that's also in play. Just be aware of that. All right, good stuff. Also in play is your uh, Rob Lowe NFL hat. Uh, I just want to say <laughs> for our audio listeners, yeah. of course, uh, Dan's worn the this black NFL hat this entire show. It's very distracting. <laughs> I know. You know, I actually was looking for my product, my product, the Redkin before we started and somehow every one of my my uh dispensers is missing so i said you have multiple you, know you don't even you don't roll with one i usually have them one. in different Are areas you suggesting of the house? foul play i mean it doesn't sound like i am right. suggesting yes that someone was working against me here like because we might be using <laughs> a segment from today's podcast on our friday nfl network show and it's like now i'm wearing a hat in that that's not mm. what i like to do on television well, but uh People Whoa, have conspired. So who's working against you? Your wife, who's like you're. You guys are both making income, but why well, lower you're not, your your you're value? Not, you're not too far away from where I am now, and we actually saw each other. You were in my town on Friday. How do I know that you didn't work against me? I mean, in theory, that says, oh, we can't use one of these for the network segment. We have more work to do <laughs> for the network show. Why on earth would I go in that direction? Let's let come on, Sherlock Holmes. Let's start my- to. My son, my son hides my stuff all the time for no reason other than just to mess with me. So like, I'll, I'll like find my AirPods like in his trash can, you know. Just yeah. so who knows? Maybe there's. I don't let anyone in this room. No one's coming in here. Mark, that is the most uh, like airtight alibi anyone's ever come up with. Why right. would I want to do more work? It's that simple. I'm ruled out as a suspect. Yeah, I buy it. All right, good stuff. We'll be back Thursday. Yes, the network show Friday right after Good Morning Football. So make sure you check that out. And as Greg alluded to, yes, maybe we should. Maybe we need to read some of these uh, comments on the podcast. So keep that in mind. Leave a comment. Thursday. We could five stars. We'll read some on Thursday's show at the end of the show. Be a part of the adventure here on the Around the NFL podcast. This is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the old boss, Ricky Hollywood, behind the virtual glass. Until Thursday, feed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.